When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast presented by RossTucker.com. That is where you can see all of our awesome sponsors specifically picked out and designed for you guys. You can also hopefully... Check us out on our different platforms. We're at Ross Tucker NFL. At least I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I even got a YouTube page I've told you about before. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, which is awesome if for nothing else than seeing the highlight clips of all the various shows. So if you don't get a chance to listen to the Even Money podcast or Fantasy Feast podcast or Ross Tucker football podcast or whatever, you can still see the stuff that we thought was the best from the show on our YouTube page with the highlight clips, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Although we do post those to social media as well, at Ross Tucker Pod is the official show handle. I am Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Most of you know that. If you're new here, welcome. Glad to have you aboard. We have the best analyst in the business when it comes to the college football season and college draft prospects. His name, Emery Hunt. You see him all over CBS Sports HQ these days, looking sharp, looking nice, is Emery. Check him out on Twitter, at FBallGamePlan. Then you've got Football Game Plan on YouTube. Emery's been doing that for a decade. It's one of the best football YouTube channels that is out there. And he has the single best draft guide I'm aware of, at least for my purposes, for what I need it for. It has the greatest width of any draft guide out there. Any FCS guy, any you will you will know what you need to know. Or, you, yeah, you will know what you need to know about any guy that's out there. Footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. Especially relevant this year, by the way, with everything going on with different stop starts, some some conferences not playing. You're going to need Emory's draft guide this year before the NFL draft. Footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. Good morning, Emory. How are you? Good morning, Ross. Uh, as always, man, it's a pleasure, man. I'm, I'm doing fine. It's, you know, it's interesting that we're just slowly moving through this college football season. And I feel like there's still newness left in the season because we're going to get the Big Ten back. We're going to get Pac-12 football. We're going to get the MAC and also uh, the Mountain West Conference. I was about to say the WAC Conference. But <laughs> we get all of these conferences back. So it's like, yeah, we're moving along through the season. But there's still new things that, that still awaits us moving forward. You know what? It's a good point, Emery, because it's kind of exciting, right? It's like all right, we're going to be able to get some more some more new teams started. It's like it's like the staggered start gives you more to look forward to. 
which yeah, is kind of awesome. I'm hoping I get a chance to call some Mac, uh, maybe even Mountain West games. We'll have to see how that unfolds as we get a little bit further down the line. What a crazy weekend of college football, by the way. I mean, I mean OU Texas, 53-45 in quadruple overtime. You had the AM Florida game, which was unbelievable. 41-38, AM gets the big upset. UNC and Virginia Tech went back and forth, 56-45. Missouri knocked off LSU, 45-41. I even had the uh, Army Citadel game, which was a terrifically entertaining game. Army won it 14-9. I loved it. Um, it's unbelievable. Looking at these scores, though, Emery, is, is college football dead? I mean, I'm sorry, is defense in college football dead? It, uh, you know, that's a good point because I think it all depends on who you ask or what team you're talking about because I saw a great defensive effort by UTSA over BYU. I just thought BYU was going to steamroll uh, UTSA, and they went out there and played great defense out there in Provo. But to your point, when you look at teams that you expect to have very good defenses, LSU, Virginia Tech, uh, you know, they were getting – points was happening in abundance, and it, it's just troubling to see, like, man – What's going on? Usually defenses are ahead of the offenses, especially when we were talking about pandemic football. So I was just surprised to see that many back-and-forth scoring-type games um, last weekend, especially the LSU game. I mean, Missouri was down six players, three receivers, and starting a freshman at quarterback, and they beat LSU scoring 40-plus points. That's just ridiculous. It's pretty unbelievable. Um, it really is. Let's dive into some of these games for this week and get your thoughts on the top prospects, or at least a prospect that has caught your eye in these various games. Liberty, who's got a nice program. They're building a nice program down there. I mean, they were, seemed like they were just FCS, and now they're, they're doing some damage at the FBS level. They're playing Syracuse. Curious to get your thoughts on Liberty in this game against Syracuse. Um, who jumps out to you for Liberty? Well, there's two players that, that really jump out. And you talk about defense. They, what, 40-7 to seven last week over UL Monroe. So their defense showed up. Um, but Liberty's running back, Joshua Mack, is one that really jumps out. He was on my watch list over the summer. Uh, really good patient runner makes good decisions with the football. He's able to make those quick cuts while moving downfield. Um, so he's very judicious in that manner and has a really solid burst. Now, he doesn't have the long speed per se, but he has good productive running ability. It's almost like uh, a guy like Chris Carson, you know, that doesn't really waste time. He gets downhill, but he's able to make guys miss subtly while moving forward. So I like him move, you know, as, as a, you know, a late round type back. But I think Mac has a really good, good skill set. He's the guy that was at Maine, I want to say two years ago, and was like the leading rusher in the FCS with over fifteen hundred yards. Transferred and ended up to, uh, you know, down at at Liberty. So he wanted to transfer up and it's picked up right where he left off uh, with the Black Bears and their quarterback Malik Willis. I mean, he wasn't on anybody's radar, but he was a transfer from Auburn. And when you watch him play, you're like, wow, I could see why he was at Auburn. He's 6'2", about 2'10", explosive speed. They say he runs a legit 4'4". Um, 
and he came back last week because he missed the previous week with a, a non-throwing injury to his shoulder. But even before that, he was just lighting up the scoreboard and really transformed that offense. He's a junior, so you know if he can continue to play well, he's going to be someone that's going to put himself on the radar. I don't. I'm not saying he's going to come out, but Malik Willis, you know, is someone that you could say, man, Auburn probably could have utilized him if Bo Nix didn't come about. But you can see why he was uh, an SEC recruit. He's a five-star prospect. Liberty got themselves a gem, and whether or not he's going to stay this year or come out in the draft. But at least next season, he's going to be a prospect that you definitely want to keep an eye on. Yeah, and Liberty is undefeated, Emory. They're 4-0. Oh. Uh, you think they have a chance to knock off Syracuse? Because I do. I do, too. And when you look at how Syracuse, when they were good under uh, Dino Babers, they looked a lot like Liberty. You know, they had the running back. They had the quarterback that can also run. They had the element of the big play going deep downfield. They don't have that this year. They're probably much better defensively, Syracuse, but offensively, Liberty is what Syracuse used to look like under Dino Babers when they were scoring 30-plus points a game. So, yes, I do believe they have a great chance to go in there and knock off the Orange. All right. Uh, Huge, huge football game in the SEC. It's Georgia. It's Alabama. There's a lot of prospects for both teams we can talk about. I don't know, um, do you think Daniels is going to get on the field? I mean, the way Bennett's playing, I don't know if he will. Right, and we have to also be honest with, you know, I know we see the name and see five-star and see USC and see transfer, but he was getting he was going to get beat out by Slovis regardless, you know, so it's not like uh, Daniels was playing well out there at USC, right. you know, so, and you're right, Bennett is doing a great job, and I think what, Bennett throwing the football reminds me a lot of um, Aaron, not Aaron Murray, uh, Jake Fromm, uh, maybe slightly stronger of an arm, but still the same type of passing ability. What separates him is he's a much better athlete. I think that ability uh, helps them out offensively because we saw him score a rushing touchdown where he made a guy miss in the open field, got to the corner and dove into the end zone. So, I like how he's playing. He's playing with a lot of confidence. He's playing with nothing to lose because no one expected him to be here. He's not supposed to be here, so to speak. So, yeah, this is going to be a really good game. And I do think Bennett has really opened some eyes about, you know, him just playing a position and playing carefree. Yeah, he's playing well, really well. Um, Specifically, though, it's a linebacker for Georgia that's kind of caught your eye that you want to discuss. Monty Rice and Georgia's defense is tremendous. Um, I thought they did a great job last week against that potent run game of Tennessee. And Monty Rice is, is he reminds me a lot of the Mario Davis that plays for the Saints. You know, he may not check off all these athletic boxes, but he's just a pretty doggone good football player uh, that is finding his way to the football, takes really good angles. Um, and he seems to always be in the right spot. You know, it, it may not look the right way how you coach it up, but he's always there and he's making plays. He's a very good open field tackler. He's an impactful tackler. Um, and I think he has a chance to, to really be a, a strong second round pick at the next level. Got it. Um, for Alabama, there's always a lot of prospects that we could talk about and choose from. I think I saw a stat, Emery, where it's like Ole Miss prevented them from getting like 80 yards, meaning. 
Alabama scored a touchdown like on every series, but two. One was a field goal and one they punted from like the whatever yard line. So it was like almost only stopped Alabama from getting like 80 yards that they could have potentially even gotten. That's nuts. But it's understandable because when you look at Ole Miss coming to that ball game, they were giving up 600 yards rushing total in two games. So you kind of expected their defense to be of little resistance against Alabama. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Let's talk specifically today about Devontae Smith, one of their stud receivers. You know, it's interesting. I think we had this discussion before. Who would we prefer, Smith or Waddle? And we both like Waddle a lot. Uh, with Smith, though, Smith is interesting because, and when I say this name, you know, people may see it as a knock, but people got to remember this dude was a first-round pick and has played and still playing in the league for, what, a decade plus. And that's Ted Ginn. You know, when you look at Smith and you look at how explosive he is from a speed perspective and what that does to defense, if he gets on, if he's able to stack you, it's a wrap. You might as well get the extra point team ready because he's going to, you know, track that football and he's going to score. But I think his route running could use a little bit more polish. He runs a little bit too high for me, um, which, you know, tends to tip off the routes that he's going to run, especially those in-breaking routes or where he has to gear down to get out of a cut. But if he's if he's running, let's say if you're putting him in a slot and you're running him on that deep over or you're running him on some sort of slot fade or if you, even if you put him on the outside and let him just run a takeoff route, he's going to beat you all day. And he has the speed to really score. So I could see because of his speed and ability to be a deep threat, makes him a first-round pick. But he does have some areas to, re- to really work on within his game. That's interesting. That's an excellent break that I had not heard that about Devontae Smith uh, previously. I had heard that week five in the NFL, just about in the books, we've got Monday night football tonight, Tuesday night football tomorrow night, but DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried it yet, head to the App Store now. Like As soon as you're done listening to the show, they're giving all new users the chance to receive a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. On top of that great sign-up offer, DraftKings offers great odds boosts every Sunday to help you make it rain. What I like about it, safe, reliable, and secure. A U.S.-based sports book, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ROSS when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's code ROSS to get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey or PA only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus, first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Emery. Um, UMass and Georgia Southern. Is this UMass's first game? Yep. Okay. That's what, So that's why, you know, I wanted to bring them up because, it's, again, we get more presents, Ross. It's like it's 13 days of Christmas, so we, we get a new team to talk about. Um, and, yeah, UMass kicking off their first game. Speaking of UMass, by the way, I did one of their games last year, Emory, when they played Army, and they had an awesome 
kick returner, punt returner, receiver named Isaiah Rogers. And if people were paying attention yesterday, he had a 101-yard house call against the Browns for the Colts that really kept them in the game. And he's dynamic. Like, when he gets the ball, he, he it feels like he's got a shot every time. Yeah, and that, that was just a real great scouting find uh, by the Colts, man. Because, I mean, when you think about playing at UMass and how terrible they have been to really find that talent that, you know, especially when, you know, you know, Mike DeRice is, is, is the guy that does the Northeast scouting that I always see in, you know, these games when I'm at within the Northeast, he's a Colt scout and he, I'm pretty sure banging the table for Rogers because, you know, that's a guy that you, that your scouts, you go to your scouts say, Hey, should we take this guy? And Mike DeRice is one of the best scouts out there because he does a great job in finding guys like Rodgers, finding guys like Darius Leonard, finding guys, you know, uh, like Grover Stewart, you know, these small college guys and also guys from the Northeast. So he does a great job. So I'm not surprised, but I am happy that he was out there and made a, a really key play in that ball game. UMass has an offensive lineman that you want to talk about in Larnell Coleman. Uh, I, I can get some extra insight on him. I know UMass's O-line coach, Jim Jackson, pretty well. Tell me about Coleman. Coleman has long arms. Um, you know, he's 6'7", about 295, 300 pounds. So he's got good body lean. Um, and he does a good job of using his hands when he extends. So he's able to to really guard against guys getting into his chest pretty quickly. Uh, you know, like guys that want to one-on bar you and try to walk you into the back of the quarterback. He's able to, to prevent that. Um, he does a good job of washing guys out. You know, you want to see better knee bend. And yeah, it's easy for me to say at five, nine and a half, <laughs> five, ten, yeah, he got to get better knee bend. He's six, seven. That's tough to do. But um, that's an area where I can see where he can use some improvement. But he's one of the, the linemen that you watch when you watch UMass offense. So, you know, that's a pretty good player um, up there up front for the, for the Minutemen. Um, what about for Georgia Southern? Man, you got another running back here. Nobody loves group of five running backs more than Emory Hunt. Nobody. I mean, tell me about this guy, Wesley Kennedy. Now, he, you can respect this, and, and, and you're going to love this this comp. Um, because when you watch Kennedy, now they got Kennedy back healthy against my raging Cajuns, um, and I was sweating it because it's like, man, this dude's going to be a problem. Uh, first play of the game, they, they threw it deep down the field to him. And that's the type of player he is. He's a he's a, he can play wide receiver, uh, but he is so dangerously elusive in the open field. I'm talking about freeze tag elusive. And when you talk about a guy that can really make you look like a fool in the open field, that's Wesley Kennedy. He's already going to be your day one punt returner, day one kick returner, pass game, run game. He could do it all. Now he still has to thicken out his frame um, a little bit. But when you when you watch him run, and you know, just a tip of the hat to the old school guys, he reminds me so much. The note I have written down is Ampley. Remember Ampley? Yeah, Ampley. State. Exactly. Ampley was just like I mean, some of the best footwork you find at the running back position. And so when I watch Kennedy, he reminds me a lot of Ampley and how he's able to make guys miss and create opportunities for himself. He's about five ten, about one eighty. Um, but he still has room to grow. But I like that he could be considered what, what I would call a slot back. You know, you can use him as a tailback. You can use him as a slot receiver. You can uh, pretty much – he could be that J.D. McKissick type back uh, at the next level, in my opinion. 
So what is freeze tag elusive? When, let's say, when you are uh, trying not to get touched in freeze tag and you always miss this guy, like you have to be the, you you know, normally when you play freeze tag, it's going to be the slowest kid or the thickest kid that's going to always get frozen. But <laughs> a guy like Wesley Kennedy will never get frozen because he is such an elusive guy. I'm talking about, it's it's almost like how elusive you are in your dreams or like when you're watching the movie and, and people are just evading, you know, they're always running through these busy streets in a major city and no one knocks over anybody and they're always able to make guys miss. That's Wesley Kennedy. I love that. Freeze tag elusive. All right, what about their edge rusher, Raymond Johnson the third? He's he reminds me mainly of a guy that's gonna be a, a stand up edge rusher. Because he's listed as 6'3", 265, which tells you he's probably 6'1", 260. Um, and so he's going to be sort of like Shaq Barrett-ish, where he's a, a you know a shorter guy that can play with his hand down or hand up. But I like how he's able to disengage. I mean, the way he's able to toss blockers to the left or the right and be productive versus the run. Yeah, he had a great game versus Campbell, um, but I thought versus Louisiana, you know, with those bigger interior linemen, uh, bigger tackles that, that the Raging Cages have, he did a solid job in playing at the point of attack. So it shows you, yeah, he can play with his hand down in the dirt. But uh, if you're going to really maximize him, I think he's a good guy that could that could set the edge and also bend the edge as an outside edge rusher. Got it. Who do you think Georgia Southern is going to win that game, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. A triple option. Shy Wirtz makes it a quadruple option because he could throw the football down the field. So that's tough to prepare. I know they had all summer, but this is still UMass we're talking about. Um, and it's going to be tough for them to take on a very tough – because think, you can't just go in there and get a victory versus a Sunbelt Conference team. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> I didn't ask you. I should ask you. Georgia-Bama, who do you like there? Oh man, I, I like I like Alabama. I, I think Georgia because um, the run game isn't popping like it normally has. You know, we used to see Georgia just rip off these big yards and chunks. They're not doing that this year, and they're going to need some explosive plays against Bama. Ole Miss was able to create that. I don't think Georgia is able to create those explosive plays enough to really uh, knock out the Crimson Tide. Let's get to. Kentucky versus Tennessee, and we can start. You got two offensive linemen for Kentucky. Wow, that's interesting. Let's start with the center, Drake Jackson. He played a lot of football, and you see how he's able to when, – when Kentucky is running the ball really well, they're running it right down Main Street. A and B gap running is, is tremendous for Kentucky, and that speaks volumes to the job you're doing up front with your center because he's quickly able to get onto that defensive lineman and really turn him and lock him to either the left or to the right and just create to a lane. And so Rose is able to go through the middle. We saw Bowden do it uh, when he was at quarterback last year, just like his consistency. Um, he's not probably the most explosively strong offensive lineman, but he wins with technique. He wins with positioning, and he's able to get guys to turn left or right. So I like how he's able to really – be consistent in that regard, understand where his limitations are, but is also able to be productive. And then there's an offensive tackle for the Wildcats, Landon Young as well. Yeah, Young is what people call, you know, the local boy turn good, where he grew up in Lexington and he was a, a stud prospect 
and decided to stay home and go to Kentucky, which is which is tremendous for Kentucky. You want to see more of that. That's how it used to be, uh, where your stud prospects stay home. I remember Dennis Johnson back uh, in a day when when I was coming up in high school was like a five star parade all American. Remember parade all Americans um, when that was a thing, and he stayed home and, and ended up playing at Kentucky instead of going out to play everywhere. So when you watch him on the left side and you talk about Kentucky offensive line, you always talk run game. They're running behind him. Their weak side run game is, is tremendous. Um, he's very strong in, in moving guys out the way. He, I think he also moves to the second level. Well, pass pro obviously is where you want to see uh, a little bit more consistency, but I do think he's one of the better you know tackles uh, in college football, but because of how their offense is set up experience in pass pro is going to be where he has the most room to grow. Tennessee has a, a wide receiver that you wanted to talk about in Josh Palmer. You saw against Georgia how well he's able to stack, track, and execute. You know, as a receiver, you're doing that a lot. And if you're able to find the football, you know, you're going to get your body in position to make the catch. And that's what I love about Palmer's game. He's always utilizing great body control. We saw it against Georgia. We've seen it so far this year throughout the, the course of their uh, schedule. Palmer is a guy that – and it, he may not have the explosive speed, but I would consider him a deep threat because of how he's able to track the football and get his body in position to make the play. He's, he also has a great sense of timing to where, hey, we need a big play, and for whatever reason, he's able to make the play that needs to be made. A play doesn't care who makes it. It just wants to be made. And Palmer is that guy out there on the perimeter. He's a bigger physical receiver uh, that can track the football really well, has good hands, good leaping ability, has good all-around game. And, it, you know, you can – and I know this doesn't matter, but it, it makes sense when you think about wide receivers coming from the Tennessee Volunteers program. You can't go wrong with the Vols wide receiver. They're one of those wide receiver use that no one really talks about. Who do you like in that game, Emery? I like Tennessee. I think Tennessee rebounds. Um, I think they had the right idea earlier in, in, against Georgia, but they just couldn't capitalize on uh, those opportunities that they had in the second half. They started to turn the ball over. And once you start doing that, you're not there yet as a program to overcome those mistakes. You know, because they were 2-0, and they were winning. They were playing mistake-free football. And so they got challenged against Georgia. Uh, they got out of the gate great. They created a turnover. But I think because Tennessee's, um, not there yet offensively. You know, if they can't run the football, they're not going to win, even though they have a great receiver in Palmer. Um, so I think because they got challenged on both sides of the ball, they got they, they just that's why they got, you know, beat soundly in the second half. So against Kentucky, who I still view as a one-dimensional offense, I think Tennessee can win that ball game easily. Encourage you to check out at F Ball Game Plan on Twitter, football game plan on YouTube. And footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. That's the key right there. Footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. Hopefully you already subscribed to this podcast. If you haven't, please do. We love when you rate and review the show. If you take advantage of any of our sponsors, like the DraftKings Sportsbook app, or just rate and review the show, send me an email, ross at rosstucker.com. You can ask Emery any question you want about college football or any prospect you want. Emery knows him. I don't know how he does, but Emery knows something about any player that's ever played college football over the last 150 years at any school at any level. It's insane. 
insane, I tell you. So rate and review the show and then email me, Ross at RossTucker.com, and I will put Emery on the spot. We could make this like stump the Schwab. Can you stump the Emery? Can you stump the the can you stump Emery when it comes to a top prospect? And also check out today's Ross Tucker football podcast. There was a lot there with Dak and Alex Smith and Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov getting fired. Busy, busy day on the Ross Tucker football podcast as well. Tomorrow we'll be doing the power rankings and the even money sports betting podcast. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.